Tesla jumped 10% yesterday as Morgan Stanley analysts rose their price target. Apple then remained calm before today's product reveal and the US dollar is softer into Wednesday's CPI report in the US while the euro is slightly better bit on mixed European central bank expectations for this Thursday while ARM IPO was oversubscribed by 10 times which hints at a promising debut in Nasdaq this week. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, Tesla jumped 10% yesterday and changed the morose market mood due to the Apple-led sell-off of last week. So Tesla shares flirted with the $275 per share level on Monday's trading session. And that's thanks to Morgan Stanley analyst who said that its dojo supercomputer may add as much as 500 billion US dollars to its market value as it would mean a faster adoption of robo-taxis and network services. As a result, they raised their price target for Tesla from $250 per share to $400 a share and boom, they made Elon Musk and the technology investors day yesterday. Now, the 12-month median price target from 35 analysts on the CNN's business survey for Tesla stands at the $275 per share level with Morgan Stanley, I imagine, holding the most optimistic call with the $400 per share call. And one analyst actually is betting that Tesla shares would collapse to $85 a share. So if I had to choose an extreme between $485, I would say $400 rather than $85 per share. So that's it really. The Tesla rally on Monday helped the S&P 500 make it back above its 50-day moving average as the Nasdaq 100 index jumped more than 1% on Monday's trading session, Apple recorded a second day of steady trading after shedding almost 200 billion US dollars in market value last week, remember, because of the Chinese ban on its devices in Chinese government offices. And Qualcomm, which was also, remember, impacted by the waves of the same Chinese quake for Apple, while well, recovered nearly 4% yesterday, as Apple said that it extended its chip deal with the company for three more years as apparently making chips in-house to power Apple devices would take a little bit longer than they thought. Now, speaking of chips and the makers, well, ARM, which is now preparing to announce its IPO price as soon as tomorrow, apparently has been oversubscribed by 10 times already. And bankers will actually stop taking orders by today afternoon. Now, the promising demand could also encourage a certain upward revision to the IPO price, which is between 47 to $51 a share right now and we could eventually see uh, the kind of market debut that we like to see. But before that, Apple will also show its new iPhone 15 today among other products at 10 a.m. local time in California and the company will try to reverse uh, that Chinese muddied headlines over the world to its favor before the crucial holiday selling season. Again, the government ban of Apple devices in the Chinese 
government offices sounds actually more terrible than it really concretely is because the real impact on the Apple sales will likely remain limited. Wedbush analyst member says that it will shed some 500,000 units over 45 million units that they're expecting Apple to sell. So that's around a 1% hit and if that's the case which I believe is not far from what could happen Apple will likely be little harmed by this whole Chinese story. Anyway I now keep silent and let Apple and its products talk and the bonds market well the US two-year yield is steady around the 5% psychological mark before tomorrow's much expected and much important US inflation data release. Now the major fear in the market is to see the headline inflation in the US tick higher than expected or the core inflation in the US not ease enough. Now everyone agrees that any positive pressure that we might see on the US headline inflation could be and will be mostly due to the latest spike that we saw in energy prices. But no one really agrees on why inflation came down so effectively since last summer in the US and around the world as the US jobs markets remained surprisingly tight so far. Now some analysts actually think that the Federal Reserve should not be taking all the credit for its tightening monetary policy because what really, really relaxed the price pressures in the US and around the world was the waiting pandemic impact on supply, they say, and obviously higher supply does have a cooling effect on inflation and the price pressures. But, but, but a recent paper from San Francisco Fed actually argues that that supply-driven disinflation is now over and that the Fed will have to walk along the last few miles towards 2% inflation target and that means that they now really really need to see some real real loosening in the US labor market and the spending to make that magic happen. So we will see that. Now Dallas Fed's Lori Logan said at a recent speech that I really liked, uh, she was actually referring to her girls' code camping trips and how actually they would put out their campfire. Well, she said that the Federal Reserve well, cannot safely throw bucket after bucket of cold water on the economy just in case inflation catches fire again. If we did that, she said, not only inflation, but economic activity itself would be called out, which is obviously not an outcome that we want. And indeed, the Federal Reserve is now torn between further monetary policy tightening with higher rates or wait and see as all over the news right now, we now see the focus, the market's focus shifting toward the melting US savings, which actually fell significantly faster than the rest of the developed nations and which could obviously explain the resilience in the US spending and the US growth so far, but which also warns us that the US consumers are now running out of money, they are running out of cash and well they will have to stop spending at some point in time. So are we really going to have that wily coyote moment? 
We will see that, but well, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen doesn't really think so. She is, on the contrary, quite confident that the U.S. will actually manage that soft landing and that the Federal Reserve will be breaking inflations back in the U.S. without pushing the U.S. economy into recession. Well, that sounds a bit like wishful thinking, and many still don't agree on that. But what everyone really comes to agree on is the fact that the eurozone is not looking good at all because the European Commission itself cuts the outlook for the euro area's economy recently. It now expects the European GDP to rise only 0.8% this year and not 1.1% as it had forecasted earlier. Why? Well, duh, because Germany is not looking good at all and it will probably contract by 0.4% this year. Blame who? Well, blame the energy crisis. Now, the slowing euro area economy has already softened the European Central Bank those hands over the past couple of weeks. So that's nothing new. And therefore, the euro dollar actually gained marginally at yesterday's trading session, despite the fresh European Commission outlook cut for the European economy. And the pair should actually continue gently drifting higher into this Thursday's European Central Bank meeting because there is no clarity at all regarding what the European Central Bank will be deciding this week when it meets. Yes, the European economy is slowing, but no, inflation in Europe will unlikely to continue its journey south. And that's a problem because that means stagflation, guys. So that stagflation is one of the worst economic diseases for a region where inflation remains high despite faltering growth. Aye, 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 that's a bad headache. And another bad disease actually for an economy is obviously the property crisis that China is dealing with these days. But but what's happily for global investors? Well, the Chinese real estate's influence is much, much less now than it was back in 2021, apparently, before Evergrande troubles started, remember? Because by then, Bloomberg's, try to pronounce this, Asia, ex-Japan, USD, Credit China, high yield index had almost 120 billion US dollars of real estate debt into it. Now it's down to below 10 billion US dollars. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardishkoya, and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe of course to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow and until then, good day trading.